I'm on now. Oh, Todd, what a gift. Um, it's so good to be here. Uh, one of the things that I do as I, as, as I travel in, in, in my job is, uh, my job, I think, is to build big people. That's what I do. I try and help people become bigger versions of who God made them to be. And there is no better way to do that than to unpack what God has said and what God is saying. Because that, that builds life into people and it changes people's lives. The, the last time I preached here was maybe four years ago. And uh, I brought my, my wife on that occasion. who's actually here this time. And I brought my four daughters. I have four daughters, uh, tw- oh, 24, 23, 20, 18. And uh, we came and we did the service on the beach. And they said, Dad, we have never heard you preach so well. That was the best sermon we have ever heard. I, and I was so blown away because they never say that. They usually say you were inappropriate, what you said was boring, you know, how can you talk about those kind of things, yada, yada, yada. And uh, they said, no, it was the best sermon. I said, what was it? They said, it was the, it was the surf guys and the six-packs behind you. <laughs> so I'd, I'd love to speak to you today about hope. And I'd love you to turn in your Bibles, if you have a Bible, to... John's Gospel, chapter 14. And I want to talk from a conversation that Jesus has and a story that Jesus tells. And, um, and, and if you've got your, 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 your Bible on, uh, on your iPhone or on your, on, on your device and you go on social media, you will go to hell. <laughs> no, I'm not joking. You will. Um, and, and if you play Candy Crush, you are in hell. So, uh, so good for you. Um, and we're going to read a little bit from, uh, from John 14, and this is the conversation. And Jesus, um, do you know, Jesus was, in, Jesus was unique in every way. He, he spoke about God as if he knew God, because he was God. He did things that looked like the kind of things that God would do if he, if he showed up. And, and he raised his succession team from the moment that he started to call people to himself. And then as he comes towards the end of his life, he says these words that some of you will know really well. But he goes like this. He says, let not your hearts be troubled. In some versions, don't be anxious. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, that where I am, you may be also. And you know the way to where I'm going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we we don't know where you're going, so how can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you've known me, you have known my Father also. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Let's pray. Jesus, we have this audacious belief. The belief is that this word is living and active and doing something, and we wouldn't bother being here if we didn't think you're about to speak. And so, Holy Spirit, we invite you with your word to speak to our hearts and change things. Speak, Lord, for your servants are listening. Amen. So Jesus uses these incredible words. 
He says, don't be anxious. And he's saying something almost ridiculous. He's saying, you don't need to be fearful or anxious in this world. In fact, you can live free and fearlessly and full in a world that's crazy, which sounds like a really counterintuitive thought because the world in which we live in is incredibly anxious and, 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 and absolutely good reason to be because we live in a, in a crazy world. Social commentators talk about our world being a VUCA world, V-U-C-A. It's volatile, uncertain, complex, and angry or, or, or ambiguous. And then you can see that, can't you? Whether, whether you're in, in Britain, you're worrying about whether we're leaving Europe or not leaving Europe and what that's going to cost us and no one knows, or whether you, you're here and you're, there's a war thing and a government thing and a thing and a, you know, I don't understand, don't shoot me, I have no idea what, what that's all about. Or, I, I don't know, and, and what we've got is an economy, the way we, it looks great, but yesterday's certainties have become today's insecurities. We don't know, do we? We used to be able to bank on certain things, and now you can't bank on certain things, and you don't know how it's all going to work out. And, and so we live in this VUCA world, and, and we live VUCA lives. See, it's not just a macro thing, it's sometimes also a very personal thing, because, because we don't know how to deal with the depression and the, and the debt and the, the kids and the sickness and the, the thousand things that are coming at us. And, you know, the competition and the comparison and, 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 and social media and the phone. And how, how, do we, how do we deal with all that kind of stuff? And Jesus says, you don't need to be anxious. In fact, I'm commanding you, don't be anxious. You have a father. And, and you go, what? <laughs> you know, because Jesus, you would have thought, growing up in a religious context, that Jesus might have said, don't be anxious, come to church. Or don't be anxious, stop being good. Or don't be anxious, behave differently. Or don't be anxious, change your diet. Or whatever, whatever it is. Think of, invest differently. But he says, you don't have to be anxious because there is a father. And he's saying something which back in the day was incredibly huge and even today is, 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 is massive. He's saying to, to a people who knew God to be all-powerful and could do everything and, and was to be feared and, and, and you had to hold him at a distance, he's saying, no, no, God, God is a father and, and, and it's, it's massive. Because if we left here right now and you went to the beach or to the mall and you, and you, and you, and you grabbed some people and said, you know, the people who don't do God, what do you think about God? You know, if, if, if God is real, what does he look like? you get a whole bunch of weird descriptions. Some of them would think that God is like a religious God. He's a stained glass window God. He's a church God. You know, so if you want to find God, you go find a church. And God's the guy that when everyone leaves, he, he plays the organ. That's God. <laughs> Smells like church. And uh, that, that, that's God. Or, or some, other people think that God is like a grandpa God. You know, he, he sits on a rocking chair up in the clouds, sucking Werther's Originals, and you go and see him twice a year, Christmas and Easter. And you kind of love him, but you don't want to be around him very much. <laughs> you know, that's kind of, that's, that's, that, that's who God is. And, and other people, you know, more people, I think, think that God is some kind of traffic cop God. So he's out to get you. He's round the corner with a sin gun. <laughs> and he knows when you did bad things. You know? Better watch out going to find out if you're naughty or nice. That, that, I mean, that, that's God. And, and, and your bad things are always going to outweigh your good things, and so you're never going to win in the, in the long run. And other people just think God's an eBay God. You go to him to get the things you can't get anywhere else. And you go to him to get rid of the stuff you can't get rid of anywhere else. 
That's, that's what God is like. And, and Jesus says, no, 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 no. God, God is a father. And he's not just a father. He's the daddy. And all his perfections and all his powers, they come in the skin of a daddy. And, 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 and he's not the reflection of earthly fatherhood. So he's not like the amalgamation of all the best dads you can come up with because we're all dysfunctional. He's, he's the perfection of fatherhood. In other words, he is the perfect provider. He always underwrites the things that he provokes. That's a word for somebody. He always underwrites the things that he provokes. He's the perfect provider. And he's the perfect protector. He's got your back. He knows you and he loves you and he made you and he loves you more than you love yourself. And he's the perfect provoker. He's the one that provokes your purpose in life. That's, that, that's who the father is. And you don't have to be anxious or upset because he's got your back. Because he really knows you. Because he understands your situation. And he understands your cancer. And he understands the kids' finances. And he understands the things that wake you up at night. You see that there is every reason for you to feel anxious in this world. But you don't have to live anxious because you have a father who's got it. You don't have to prove anything to him. He's not that kind of father. Your dad was, but this dad isn't. You don't have to hide anything from him because he's not that kind of father. Your dad might have been, but this dad isn't. You don't have to achieve anything for him because he's not that kind of father. Your dad may, may be, you may be. He's not the reflection of earthly fatherhood. You know, my, my, I have the most amazing wife. She's actually here. Actually, why is she not here? <laughs> she's, she's done one gap. She's heard this once. She's not hearing it again. I have the most, I have the most amazing wife. Uh, she's uh, she's um, an amazing, amazing mother. She's so compassionate. She's, she's a people person. She's a carer. She gets it. My, gir my girl, she's like omni-competent. She, and my girls want Nikki for everything, you know? They, want, they ring up, and I answer the phone. Can I speak to mom? <laughs> you know? and, 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 but, but, but they want me for two things. They want me for shopping. And it's not just the money thing. I totally love shopping. I, 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 have, I totally love it. I love clothes. I, 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 I love makeup. I, not, I don't do makeup, but I get, I get the makeup thing. I know Naked Palette 1, 2, and 3. I know once you, once you Mac, you don't go back. I get the Bobby Brown bronzer thing. I understand the whole thing. In fact, when I go on travels, I travel a lot. I get phone calls and texts from my girls saying, don't you be coming back without <laughs> Sephora. <laughs> so I have to... I, I get all that stuff. That's irrelevant to the talk. But... But the other thing they want me for is, is when they're scared, or when they want protecting, or when they want strength, or when they want to feel it's okay in life. And they, they talk to me, and they come to me, and they hug me, and they're scared. And, and, and they're under this weird illusion that I'm not scared. But I am. <laughs> you know, uh, but he's not. He's not freaked. He's not scared. He's not blindsided by your problem because he's the father. And Jesus says, not only do you have a father and therefore you don't need to be worried, he says he has a house. And I love this. It's a bit random, but I, I totally love this. The father has somewhere where he completely presences himself 
and where he completely presences himself, consequently there is the absence of anything that is incompatible with the perfect presence of God, which means that in the Father's house there is no more pain and no more sorrow and no more lack and no more loss and no more tears and no more abuse and no more separation and no more cancers and no more cheating and no more competition and no more comparison and no more measuring up and not measuring up because it's the Father's house and it's His rule and it's His reign and it's His realm and anything that's outside of that has no place in the Father's house. It's a house of grace and the thing I need you to get today and the reason that you don't have to be anxious is this. The Father's house is your home. I think that's what Jesus is trying to say. You were made for the Father's house. Heaven is your home. And here's the deal. In, 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 uh, I see this all the time. In reality, there is nothing on this earth more misdiagnosed than your homesickness for heaven. That's what's going on. That's why you're anxious. That's why you, you feel there's something lacking. That's why we, even when you achieve, there's always something more. That's why you feel as if you're, you, you lack or there's a lot. We're a displaced people desperately seeking our way home to the Father. We're seeking, we think we might be able to achieve this, this thing with, with more sex or a different kind of sex. Or we might, we might get it with more money or, or an upgrade or, or a different house or, 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 or spending more time in a different place. We, we think that a different relationship or, or we, we even think tomorrow might sort it out. We've had enough tomorrows and enough tomorrows and enough tomorrows to know that that tomorrow doesn't sort it out. Listen, listen, nothing is going to solve your anxiety, your fear, your worry, your overburden carrying, your pain, your trauma, nothing apart from walking with the Father and living in his house. Because your heart cries out for the one who created you. And you want the place you were made for. It's the Father's house. And I think the disciples are sitting listening to Jesus and they're going, ah, oh, this is like that story. Because there was this story that Jesus told, which is probably the most famous story in the world ever. And they're going, we, we heard that story Jesus told about a father. And is this the story that we're supposed to? And their minds are fried and they're going, this, this is the story I love stories. You love stories? Stories move my world. How many of you love a story? How many of you have been to a, a movie in the last few weeks and, and, and it grabbed you? Do you know, there's, there's something about a story. The, the best stories. In fact, this story, the, the best story of, this, of, of our world, the greatest movie makers make stories that you get lost in and then you find yourself in. Does that make sense? Stories that you get lost in because it captivates your mind and your heart and you go, oh my word, and then you suddenly find yourself in and it has meaning for you. And you become part of the story because it resonates with you and, and this is the best story because not only do you get lost in it, but you find yourself in it. Jesus tells a story about a father who had two sons. And you've heard the story, but, but, but stay with me just for a moment because I want to I put a different spin on it. Jesus is talking about this story, and remember, no one's heard this story before. And he's talking to a whole bunch of different people, so good people and bad people, and people who don't know they're bad people, and people who don't know they're good people. And, and he's, ta- he's telling this story, and he says there was a father who had two sons, and, and, uh, and one son came to the father and said, Dad, I hate you. 
And, and, and everyone's now in the story because they're offended. This is outrageous. This is the worst thing to, to say because actually you're saying you want, the father, you want the father dead. And everyone knows what this feels like because they're either a father or a mother or they have a father or a mother and they're offended. And Jesus says, this, this kid comes, this punk comes to the father and says, I want my share of the inheritance. I want you dead. And the father has to liquidate his assets and his heart breaks at that moment. You know, you know your heart breaks, don't you? You raise your kids, you give them everything, naked palate one, two, and three. You, you, the, the, the whole deal, you give your life for them, you, you, you sacrifice for them, and there comes a moment when your beautiful princess comes and looks you in the face and says, I hate you. And you know it'll pass, but it breaks your heart. And everyone now knows this story is a story of their life. And this kid comes and Jesus says the father gives the kid the money. And he's talking about how and why people get lost. And how and why people live with this VUCA in their lives. And how and why these people can't find their way home. And here's where we find ourselves in the story first. You see, here's the thing. That, that, that every single person in this room at some stage in their life is predisposed to run from the Father's house. Every single one of us. Some of you ran because church was boring or because the Bible seemed to be restrictive or, and you wanted to have freedom to do whatever you wanted to do. Some of you ran because someone who was supposed to represent God to you didn't represent the Father. Some of you ran because, uh, because something bad happened in your life and you had no one else to blame and you said, I'm going to blame God for that and he's represented by the, fa- the Father's thing and I'm, I'm out of here, I'm doing my own thing. But, but, but you ran and here's the thing, the Father will let you go. Why? Because forced love is not love. He lets you go and we run. And Jesus goes on, the, the guy had a blast. <laughs> of course he did. He's got loads of money, Loads of time, loads of intention, and he's on the run. Can you imagine? No, don't imagine. Get you into sin. <laughs> you know? but, so he's, he's spending his money, and he's going for it, and then the dollar runs out, and he has nothing, and he has nobody, he has no friends. You know how that goes. And he has to find a job just to feed himself. And, 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 and he, the worst job that he can find, the worst job that, that Jesus can talk about is a job farming pigs because pigs were unclean animals and to a Jewish guy you wouldn't touch a pig but, but if you're desperate I suppose you do it and so you start to feed the pigs and the people listening are going yes because everyone loves a bit of karma don't they you know hey you diss the father you get the stuff you know you, you disrespected the father you're going to feed pigs pigs didn't do that. That was just me getting overexcited. I've had too many coffees and I was on the red eye from Atlanta last night. You feed the pig, you know. And, uh, and the story goes on. And, and here's where we find ourselves again. When you run from the Father, your life will begin to unravel. I mean, don't, don't hit me wrong. I'm not saying that sin isn't attractive. It, it is. That's why people are attracted to it. But, um, but ultimately, if you run from the Father, at some stage it's going to start to unravel. And here's the painful thing. It won't just unravel for you. It'll unravel for the people you love in your life because they'll get hurt by the shrapnel of your busted life. They will. And the, the reason 
the reason that your life will begin to unravel is because when you run away from God, when you put God in the rearview mirror and you drive away, you don't just drive away from the perfections of God. You, don't, you drive away from the character of God. You drive away from the attributes of God. And so as you drive away, you, you drove away from the source of wisdom. So how are you going to do wise? As you drive away, you drove away from the source of love and, and you look for love in all the wrong places and one day it's going to bite you. As you drove away, you drove away from the source of purpose. How in the world are you going to find your why? Because your why is behind you. You, you drove away from the, from, from the source of life. How are you going to find life in all its fullness? Because you drove away from it. So, so your life will begin to unravel. And they're listening. And everyone's listening and they, they know it's true. Because they've got VUCA in their life. They've got anxiety. And Jesus says the, the the man comes to his senses. Of course he does. And he goes, hey, my dad's minted. Lives on the hill. He's, he's, I mean, he's got resources. And I'm, I'm feeding pigs. I mean, surely I could just be a pool boy or do the garden or, or I could do something. I don't have to be a son again. I don't have to live in the big house. I can live in the whatever, pool house. I could, I could do something. I could, I could just, so he, so he starts practicing, Dad, I'm so sorry. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. And he starts to walk back to the Father. And the, and the crowd love this because, because they know something that you don't know, but I do because I did my research. And they know that the, in this culture, it, in this honor-shame culture, the, 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 the worst thing that can happen is to disrespect a father or to disrespect a village. You, you, you put offside the whole village. And they knew that in rural communities, the elders would get together and they would sit at the city gate. And they knew that if a son came back who disrespected the father, the elders who would sit there would enact a ceremony called kazeza. And kazeza would mean that you would say to the son, you are no longer worthy to be called the son of the father you have disrespected and you should live in, in shame. And they would probably smash a clay pot and they would say, you're done, you are exiled, you are done. And they're going, people listening going... Karma. And then Jesus says, the father hitches up his skirts because he sees the son. And, and he would know his son. His eyesight, like mine, is failing. But he would know that run anywhere, that walk anywhere looks like his. And he sees the son. And he hitches up his skirts in an undignified manner. No, no, no Jewish male head of a household would do this. And he runs. He probably hasn't run for years like some of you. <laughs> it's clear. Uh, and, and, he, and he runs. And, and the interesting thing is when I first read this, I thought, oh, he runs because he loves the son. Yes, he does. But, but it's, more, it's, it's more profound than that. He runs to get ahead of the elders he runs to get ahead of the shame. He runs to get ahead of the rebuke. He runs to get ahead of the judgment. He runs to get ahead of the religious guys who are going to evict this guy. He runs so that he can get there with his grace and his love and his restoration and say, I love you, son. See, here's the thing. If you're a younger son and you're running away and you're doing your own thing and you're, you're sticking two fingers up at God and saying, I'm, do, I'm doing my... You take one step towards the Father... He will come running towards you to get ahead of your shame, to get ahead of your rebuke. And you better, you better pray that when your kids come home, they meet the father before they meet the elders. 
because he's a God of grace. And the father meets him and the son does this practice, you know, I'm no longer worthy to be called your son, I'll come as your higher hand. And, and the father stops him and says, son, you don't get grace. You don't get grace. I love you because I love you because I love you. It's not dependent on your failure. Failure is an event. It's a moment. It's not a person. I forgive you. I restore you. Come back. Have everything that you had in the first place. And live in grace. Bring a robe. Put it on his back. Bring a ring. Put it on his finger. Bring sandals. and Put them on his feet. And restore him. probably offends everybody who listens because they now know that Jesus is talking about God and this isn't like the God that they got in their head this is quite offensive to them and here, and here you are younger son younger daughter and, and all you need to know is this F- forget what you did forget why you did it What you need to know is this. The moment that you take one step towards this father, he will come running towards you. He loves you so much. (laughs) And and if the story finished there, we could finish, we'd go get pizza, whatever, it it would be great. And the church people would feel like, hmm, isn't God amazing? And aren't bad people bad people? And they're very lost and... And, uh, and we can kind of think about this would be great. Oh, we wish so-and-so was here today. Because they could have heard that message. And, and it, it would have been amazing. And, uh, and we can live in denial of all our stuff. And all our VUCA. All our volatile, uncertain, complex, angry stuff that's there. All our anxieties. And we can be all self-righteous and... And, and, and be just as lost as the younger son. See, Jesus says there's another son, and he's just as displaced. He lives at home, but he's not at home with the father. And, and, and if you read the story, and you can read it later on, he is pissed about his brother. I mean, he really is. And the reason that he's pissed is because he's just as lost, and he doesn't get grace either. He's just as far away from, from the father as the younger son is. And, and you know the first sign of elder brotherness, if you're wondering whether you got it? Here it is. When life doesn't go quite the way you think it should go, you don't just get sad, you get mad. You get bitter, you get, you get angry towards God and resentful towards others. And the, the root issue is this. You, you, you have God on some kind of transactional relationship. If I do good things to God, he does good things to me. If I do bad things for God, he's, he's going to somehow get me. And so I drive and I strive and I try and do good things. And I'm, I'm trying to earn God's love. And, and, and somehow it never quite works. And I've got this VUCA inside and it gets worse. And it never comes out because it can't come out because I'm a church guy. And so I've got this face on all the time. And everyone's, it's all superficial. But inside there's this, this waiting volcano of bustedness. Because I don't get grace. And the, and the older son goes to the father and says... All these years I've been slaving for you. No, 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 no. You don't get grace. You see yourself as a slave and not a son. My brother has been with prostitutes. I mean, no, tell mom. Let's not talk about this publicly. I don't make such a big deal about this, but he's been with prostitutes. Like that must be the, that's like the ultimate. He's been with prostitutes. 
That's, that's it, resting my case. Man, we are so religious. I'm eating an awful lot of older brothers in church. Some are working in the field, striving and driving. Others are waiting at the gate, judging and excluding. But they're older brothers. Positionally, get, get this, listen. Positionally sons, experientially slaves. So, so you know who you are, but you don't live it. And there's always this disconnect between, between the two things. Because this grace love has never invaded your soul. And you can live at home and you can be in church and you can sing the songs and raise your hands and, and be just as lost as, as the younger sons. And be just as anxious and miss out on grace. Here's, this is not a judgment talk. Here's, here's what I love. I never do judgment talk. Here's, here's what I love about the story. In his grace, the father treats the older brother exactly the same way as he treats the younger son. I love this. And you can almost picture the father hitching up his skirts going, here we go again. And, and, and he goes out to the field and, and he doesn't have to run to get ahead of the shame, but he has to go and deal with some shame. And he has to go to the field and he says, he says to the older, older brother, son. Actually in the original language, child, which is great. It's better, isn't it? Child. In other words, you are not who you think you are. You're not a slave. You're not what anyone has spoken over you or any label anyone's put on you or any reason you strive and drive to perform in your life. You, those are not the things. They're not the primary things. Your primary identity is you are a son of the Father. You are loved. You're included. That's who you are. Get grace. You are always with me. I love this. Forget the, the slave thing. Forget the fatted calf thing. Th those things are they're not unimportant, but they're not that important. The important thing is that you get to be in the Father's house. You get the security and the hope and the forgiveness and the joy and the life and the springboard and the opportunity of living outside of, in, in the Father's house and living in and out of the Father's house and, 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 and knowing the Father. That's the thing. Everything I have is yours. And I, I kind of think that Jesus looks right in the eyes of the hardened religious guys. He says, everything I have is yours. Not the wages of a slave, but the inheritance of a son. So stop trying to earn something you cannot earn. Stop trying to please me because I'm already pleased. It's time to come home. It's time to go home. Don't be anxious or upset. Trust in God. Trust also in me. There is a father who has a house. And his house is home. And you were made by him, for him, for his house. And I think that's why God has got you here today. Because he wants you home. And, and the cool thing is, in that conversation that Jesus has, Jesus says, by the way, I am the key to the Father's house. I, I'm the way in a world that's lost its way. I'm the truth in a world where the truth is relative. It's your truth, my truth, anyone else. I, 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 I'm truth. You can stand the weight of your life on, life on that isn't going to shift. I'm, I'm life... 
in all abundance and all fullness. I, I am life that you can't even begin to imagine. I'm joy, I'm life, I'm fun. I'm, I'm life. I, I, I am not a program or a building or a behavior or a structure. I'm a freedom. I'm a path. I'm not truth that will limit you and suck the life out of you. I'm truth in the experience of life that will make life. People come home and you will have hope. Come home to wisdom. Come home to truth. Come home to grace. Come home to forgiveness. See, hope in this broken world is not a political settlement. Thank Jesus. Or a lifestyle upgrade. But a father who loves you. Amen. Let's pray.